Welcome to On Texas Football. I'm Bobby Burton, your host, joined by none other than Rod Babers, former Texas Longhorn uh, and a NFL former NFL player, uh, as well as a good friend of ours here at On Texas Football. Welcome, Rod, officially to the On Texas Football channel. Hey, I'm excited about it. I uh, can't wait to get the partnership started. Football season is basically here, man. So uh, let's get the party started. <laughs> All right, you got it, buddy. All right, so here, here's where we want to start today because Jerry, Eric, myself, Justin Wells, Joe Cook, Paul, Ian, we've all talked about the talent on the roster, okay? Mm -hmm. But you know what? None of us played at the college level. You did, okay? And so I thought maybe as one of the starting points for all of this is to talk about how when I ask you about is this guy an NFL talent or is this someone that is a playmaker or a difference maker, kind of how you feel you can separate into categories, however you do them, whether or not a guy is an NFL talent. Because Texas clearly has, I mean, Texas has had NFL talent the last decade. They haven't had a, a ton of it, yep. but they've had some. And the difference is how good are they overall? So my question is, instead of just saying NFL talent, I want to get you to dig in a little further for us and explain when we're talking about this throughout the year, where you really think like the categorizations of these guys fit. Yeah, because I'm, I'm glad you broke it down like that because there are varying degrees of it, right? I mean, Longhorn fans remember when they were getting uh, players being drafted into the first round, the second round, early on, multiple players being drafted that high. Guys with extremely high upside. That's what the NFL is all about. They're looking at value and they're looking at the highest upside for guys and the, and the Longhorn program in its heyday, like mid-2000s, early 2000s, had a lot of those guys. Since then, as you pointed out, Texas still producing NFL talent, but you see a lot more undrafted free agents. You see a lot more middle round picks. I was a mid round pick myself in the fourth round. And that's another degree of it, right? You have guys who can play, but the NFL doesn't view them with as much upside right now. The, 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 the long ones have 41 guys uh, on rosters right now, trying to make a team right on training camp roster, trying to make a team uh, more than a third of those guys are actually undrafted free agents. And some of them have already made their career in the NFL already and already exceeded the average, which is three and a half years, guys. So this is about what we're talking about. The average NFL career, three and a half years. And now you're looking at degrees. So you're talking about high upside guys, first or second round guys. How many of those guys are on your roster? How many middle round picks? Guys who are going to be draftable prospects. They're just not drafted really, really high. And then you're talking about the undrafted free agents, guys who, who end up on making an NFL roster or, you know, making some type of NFL career out of it. But they're not seen as guys with extremely high upside. But guys, I got to tell you, hell, I, you go look at it, you know, more than close to 40% of the NFL are undrafted free agents. That's just the reality of it. Well, I, I can tell you one of them I'm thinking, like Adrian Phillips wasn't a draft pick, right? Exactly. And he's now an all pro safety type guy. I mean, with the, with, the, with Belichick. I yes. mean, with Bill, Bill yeah. Belichick. Like so my, my thought process on this, Brennan Schooler's another guy that, that went through Texas barely played at times, but also now he's in with, the NFL. And, also with Belichick. <laughs> yeah. And so my point and, and Rod's point, and what I'm trying to get across here is there really are three different tiers, right? Mm -hmm. There are tiers where, okay, top 10 picks, Leonard Davis, Quentin Jammer, yeah. you know, and then there's that first, second round, uh, which might be, I don't know, Aaron Williams would be a good one, right? Good one. Uh, maybe Aaron Ross even is in that, He's an elite player, but he's a first-round guy. So, 
there, there's that. And then there's that mid round. You're saying late second, early third to drafted now. Uh, and then there's the undrafted guys. And then there's even a fourth category that, that to be fair, that's good college player. Yep. Right. Right. But not necessarily going to make it in the NFL. And so no question. What, here's what I want uh, to do. And I hope, I hope we didn't spend too much time prefacing this. <laughs> what I want to do, Rob, with you is actually talk about this one thing and, and give you a couple names and kind of categorize where you're at. The AP All-American team came out today, okay? Yeah. Kelvin Banks and Xavier Worthy were both named second team All-American. Worthy is a true junior. Uh, Banks is a true sophomore, okay? <laughs> Those two guys are probably the two high, highest rated potential draft picks on the team. Would you agree with that? Not not including freshmen that you really haven't seen play yet. Would you agree that Worthy and Banks are those guys, or you worry about Quinn? I mean, wh wh where do you see that? No, that's interesting. Plus, and when you look at it from the NFL draft perspective, you also have to look at premium positions. This is the thing, right? When you talk about running backs and how devalued they are in the NFL, but there are some positions that are, you can argue, overvalued because they're a premium position. And left tackle and wide receiver are premium positions. Inflation has hit those positions. So, yeah, that's a good point about, you know, whether they're the, you think they're the best overall players on the team and valuation, they may be, but also they're at premium positions. So I think that helps them too. So I'm with you. I think Kelvin Banks right now I would have as – probably the top draft pick among all of the players on the roster. No question. Cause he's at a premium position, but also as a true freshman, you saw him perform at elite levels against draftable prospects. He's already on film. You had four first round picks from last year that he performed really well against as a true freshman. So the, the, right now the upside seems to be not really tremendous, like out of this world for him. Uh, so I would say he's a, he's a top guy. Then exactly worthy. And I'll give you a quick stat. I know we don't want to spend a ton of time talking about just one guy, but I'll give Sark a lot of credit because I, I don't think it's a, I don't think it's all him, but it was a correlation. So we know that Xavier Worthy is a slim, slight, skinny-ish wide receiver, and he's a speed demon. That's what Sark likes. Those are his types. And the most famous being Devontae Smith, who came into the NFL as you know the 10th overall pick, I believe, as a Heisman Trophy winner at wide receiver, who also was a slight wide receiver. If you're looking at BMI, which is body mass index, and look at receivers drafted in the first two rounds of the NFL draft since 2000, all right, because if you look at it perspective-wise, Devontae Smith was around 23 BMI, slim, skinny guy. The NFL usually didn't like guys like that. Only 24 such receivers drafted in the NFL first two rounds since 2000 with a BMI body mass index of 25 or less. But how about this? Nine, actually 10 of them, excuse me, 10 of them since 2021. So in the last three drafts, there have been 10 such receivers drafted in the first two rounds of the NFL draft, 25 BMI or less. And prior to that, the previous 21 years, there were 14. What happened? I think a lot of it was Sark showing how you can weaponize a skinny-ish, slight wide receiver and giving the NFL ideas like, listen, these guys are speed demons. If you use them the right way, they really can translate a lot better. And I'm not saying it was all him, but I think he was a part of that of that story. So, yes, Xavier Worthy now being a part of that, showing in what NFL teams can do to use a skinny, slight guy, he's going to go higher than you think, too. He's definitely a first-round guy. I don't know how high, though. Depends on the wide receiver market. I think wide receiver is the deepest position in, in football. So it's, it's tough sometimes to gauge it. All right, let, let's just go. I'm going to open this up for you, okay? 
who is the next guy off the that you would put Ooh. in an elite category? Is there another guy wow. that you would put in the elite category? Uh, if you want me to shoot you some names, I can do that as well. Whatever you think. That's interesting. Are we going first round here? We're talking about first, first round. Or second guys. round. I mean, first the, round ceiling that guys. top category or either the elite or the top category overall, right? The first, second round. I mean, oh. there should be a couple, right? No, there are a couple that would care how young they are. Honestly. No, no. And that's, you know, that's the thing right now. If you're looking at it, um, I mean, quarterback is where you automatically have to go here, guys. If we're talking about premium positions, right? Listen, look at Anthony Richardson. Anybody want to want to pull up his stats and see what his stats were at Florida? And he ended up being drafted. We're in the top 10 last season. All off what? He's a, at a premium position and quarterbacks with upside and potential. And honestly, Quinn Ewers fits that to a T. Lots of upside, lots of potential. All right. We know how the, the ratings for him coming out as a prospect. And he's at a premium position. He's got the golden arm, can make all the throws. All the NFL needs to see is progress from him. And you need to see that he is capable, whether it be intellectually or whether it be, and I, I don't think he has any physical limitations, honestly, at all. Unless you want a running quarterback, unless you want a quarterback that can move, he doesn't move as much. He's got a little functional mobility, but not enough. Actually, Coach Ty Dodge informed me that he actually ran track and he ran track, a little four by 200. So, hey, he can run a little bit, but that quarterback is where we're looking, guys. And we're talking about the next position. I'm going to go quarterback, whether it be him or whether it be Arch. On the other side of that, I'm not going to shortchange Malik Murphy right now. I'm just talking about those two guys, probably two have the, the highest ceilings of, you know, draftable yeah. talent. So this is a good question. You you said Arch, or you said uh, um, uh, Quinn can make all the throws. He can. Is that, I, is that what you think separates him from a lot of other would-be quarterbacks? You know, uh, Sam Ellinger was a great college player. He couldn't necessarily make all the throws, right? Is that what – maybe moves Quinn up in that draftable uh, context uh, that, it does. to give, give people, cause I know it's, it's a, it's a small thing, but it's important in, as well. It's yeah, no, I, I, he can make all of those, but I will say that does not mean you're going to be a, a translate to being a great quarterback in the league. Could Jalen Hurts make all the throws? He's not a great thrower of the football. Exactly. But he was like in the MVP conversation last year. A lot of it is if you're in the system, that translates well, compatible with your skill set. This is why in the NFL, there are some made men. These made men, they're the ones who have proven that they can rehabilitate the skill set of a quarterback, the most valuable position, and they can craft a, 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 a system to be compatible with that skill set, right? That's why Lincoln Riley is considered kind of a made man. Sark's got a little bit of that, but right now guys like Sean McVay, Brian Dable, they, they're considered, you know, uh, uh, in the NFL because we'd be valuable pieces um, because they can rehabilitate the skill set of a quarterback. Uh, I'll say this about Quinn Ewers. I think he'll work in almost any system unless they want a quarterback that can run. And a lot more systems in the NFL, they do prefer that element. Uh, what I worry about with Quinn is his ability to operate off script, off schedule when the play breaks down. That is also an element. That's the it quality that nobody can really quantify. And you've got to be you've got to be really great at that at quarterback because hell, about forty percent of the time, the play's not going to work out the way you think it is. Kyle Shanahan has a great quote. He says, "Hey, be coachable, but don't be a robot. All right, don't be a robot out there. Go be a football player." I think there were some times last year where Quinn was being a robot, and you know, what I mean, be coachable, but don't be a robot. Go out there and be a football player. Go make something happen. So I think this year you'll get more of that element from Quinn, the off schedule, right. secondary reaction plays.
Okay, Rod, here's what I want to do. I'm going to give you a list of about 10 to 12 names, and I want you to categorize these guys for me. Before we do that, we need to say thank you to our sponsor. I want to talk to you guys about Game Time. Game Time is an app for your latest tickets. So if you have uh, tickets or don't have tickets yet to a football game, a concert, any kind of event that you need at the last minute, try Game Time. Uh, it's an app called Game Time. You can get them on GameTime.co if you're downloading it from your computer and not your on your uh, uh, cell phone. The great thing about Game Time, again, is that you can get it the very last minute. I did it one time when I was going to a, a World Series game. I literally got the app during the ride on an Uber. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. To the game downloaded it, and I got my tickets within literally 30 seconds after purchasing them. It was the best. They also have a layout of where I would be sitting. Uh, I got tickets for me and my daughter to go see the, the Astros play the Phillies up in Philadelphia. Uh, it was a really good time. Uh, Four last-minute ticket deals. Game time is who you want to call right now. Snag the tickets without the stress. Download the Game Time app to create an account and use code ONTEXAS. For $20 off your first purchase, terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code on Texas for, for $20 off your first order. Uh, download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. All right, I'm going to start with this team leader, Jalen Ford. Where would you put him in these categories right now? Uh, I'm going to say because of the position is not a premium position. Uh, he's a, he's going to be on NFL roster. I'm going to go like middle round pick. Like, a like third, third, fourth third, round? Right. Yeah, middle round pick. Third okay, to later. Yeah. Gotcha. All right. Jade Barron. Oh, I love me some Jade Barron. That's my personal bias kicking in. Um, I'm going to go, oh, if they, if they move him around and actually put so he can play other things, that'd be great. But if you can play the nickel, the NFL loves guys who can play the nickel and play the slot. I'd go right now. He's a middle round pick, too. He's a mid round pick right okay, now. Got it. Um, yeah. All right. No, no, no problem. A.D. Mitchell, the wide receiver. Wide receiver is a deep position, man. There's just a lot of good wide receivers out there. Uh, I think he is draftable. Um, I might go late rounds. I don't know if it, it maybe mid, middle, mid to late rounds with A.D. Mitchell, just because I don't know how deep wide receiver is. It's, it's really sometimes difficult to read. No, I think that's fair because this yeah. is what you also have to re realize. They're going up against talented guys themselves, right? I mean, that's, that's part yes. of it. All right, um, I would probably put him higher based on what I'm hearing behind the scenes. That's true, and I haven't seen you right. We haven't seen enough. This is supposed to yeah. break out this year. Yeah, true. exactly. All right, JT Sanders. Oh, you know what? Tight end is becoming more important in the league, man. Honestly, I could see JT being a second rounder 
potentially because he would be after the first out of the wave of tight ends, maybe one or two guys. But I think he'd be right there as that second or third tight end coming out as a draft or prospect. He's a five. He's a five star player. Yeah, yeah. That this is the one. The Brock Bowers guy at Georgia is going to be probably yeah, the first tight end. Uh, but after that, it's uh, Sanders. He did not make second team All American though. Uh, by the way, which may stick in his craw a, a little bit, uh, by so. the way. All right, I've got a couple more here. Uh, Christian Jones Ooh. is an interesting one to me because he is, I mean, look, Calvin Anderson, he didn't get picked. He's still on a ro- trying to make a roster right now. He's with the Patriots. Who's that? With the Patriots. Yes. Oh, wow. <laughs> but, but my point to you is he's a fifth-year guy. He's improved every year. He's definitely got the mass. Like he's he's done a good job building his body over time, right? Because you just don't go from A to Z like he has. What yeah. what do you think of a guy like Christian Jones, who's in that other category? I love his trajectory. It's a good point you brought up. And I love the comparison about Calvin Anderson, too. Because I'm not mistaken, back when he was in high school, like as a sophomore, Christian Jones' body was completely different. Like he didn't even have all this mass. Uh a guy that can make a roster. Uh, so maybe undrafted free agent, um, but I would say he's he's really he's really excelled the last last year. If he can build on that, he could be a late round pick potentially. But okay. I'll say undrafted free agent right now. Got it. All right. Um, here's going to be an, another one for you that is going to be somewhat interesting. Jordan Whittington, and the reason Jordan's inter- interesting to me. There's two pieces here for NFL roster thought. He's we know what he is, and his size is not great. He's not a Four three guy, we don't think he's a good blocker. Uh, Steve Sarkeesian mentioned that in his press conference today, but he's had injuries. So, how much do you feel like that kind of weighs in as well? And where would you put him on a draft draft type perspective? And, and I love him too, and I have him here as undrafted free agent to make a roster. Not that I don't think he has draftable talent, but because of how deep the position is, like I said, I think it might be the deepest position in football. The injury history with him too, and honestly, in this offense, I wonder next year. I hope he has you know a, a year with a lot of productivity. But you just brought it up. Ad Mitchell's supposed to take a lot of targets. You got uh, Xavier Worthy. There's a JT Sanders in there too. I hope he doesn't get lost in the shuffle. But there's a chance he just doesn't get as many targets this year to showcase his talent too. But I think when you see him up close, and if he's healthy, we all know Jay Witt's a ball player. Got it. Uh, let's go with the interior defensive line. Oh, yeah. Okay, all three of them together. All right. Byron Murphy, Tavondre Sweat, Alfred Check. Collins. Yeah. All what draftable. But Byron oh, Murphy. Say that again. Say that again. I think they all get drafted, but I think Byron Murphy, Tavondre Sweat probably could get drafted ahead of Byron Murphy, honestly. I think it could be just because of the mass. Of him as a human, he's huge. Uh, he just passes the eye test. But Byron Murphy's man, his he's free. He made the Bruce Feldman freak list, so he's gonna test really well. That's you, that you know, and his film is gonna be really good. That you know, sometimes NFL teams just fall in love with the big body. Uh, but I, I, I think both of those guys are mid round picks in the draft. Um, and I think Alfred Collins gets drafted too, probably late, just because it's even if he doesn't have a breakout year. Like I said, just because of the body, NFL teams will look at him and go, he's got something I cannot coach. I can't coach that. <laughs> yeah, no, that's it's fair. That's what you're asking, yeah. really. I mean, there are a lot more receivers, to your point, than there are big bodies. Right? That, Guys that, 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 that kind of size. Yeah. Yeah, no, no doubt. 
no doubt. All right. Anybody else you want to talk about? Have you seen enough of Jonathan Brooks? Um, have you seen enough of Ryan Watts maybe to see where mm. he plays out? I mean, that's a big thing going on right now with him possibly being a corner slash safety these days. I mean, what are your thoughts? I think that's important for Ryan Watts. Uh, I actually wrote that down in my notes too, strangely enough. I wrote uh, maybe too specialized with the boundary side corner, and maybe they need to showcase him that he can't play safety. I remember Michael Griffin, I heard him say, he said, I think he's a safety in the NFL. And he does have the physical dimensions to be a safety. And if he trans, if he, you know, he goes to the NFL and translates to safety, his coverage skills becomes a huge asset for him because he's matching up usually against tight ends, maybe running backs. Um, so I think he does. I think he's a guy that can do it. I think the the NFL loves guys who can play multiple positions or be able to manufacture depth. I mean, think about it. Adrian Phillips when Coach Akina. I remember Adrian Phillips was coming out. I talked to Coach Aquino about it. He was like, man, honestly, he's the only guy that I've ever coached that can play every position in the secondary. He can play any position. He knows them all. And it's strange. You wouldn't think that is that valuable in the NFL. But Coach Aquino told me, he said, man, NFL coaches love that. It shows his intellectual capacity to play every position. If he can do it at a serviceable level, he's a, he's basically can be a starter in multiple positions for you. Turns out Belichick loves that, Right. And then I so started think about it. And Brendan Schooler, since we're talking about Belichick, he played he played wide receiver and safety and started at two power five programs. Dude, that's a hell of a ball player. And Belichick's like, you know what? I'll take him. He plays special teams for me. He understands ball. He knows ball. And he's got another. He, all three Longhorns that are playing for Belichick right now are undrafted free agents. What does that say? Calvin right. Anderson, uh, right? Calvin Anderson, Brennan Schooler, uh, and my man Adrian Phillips. And I think it's all because of the knowledge. Hell, we know Calvin Anderson can solve a Rubik's Cube behind his damn back. <laughs> Rice, you know what I mean? The cerebral, baby. I'm telling you, man, it, ma it matters. It really does. It, you may not be able to make the roster initially because your freakish athleticism doesn't give you the high upside talent, but the, the NFL is full of two kinds of players, freaks and geeks. And the geeks, they, they're students of the game and know the game, and the freaks – they're usually just athletic, upside, you know, X-Men. But when you can combine both, those are your elite Pro Bowl, Hall of Famers, all pro guys. So let me ask you one last thing here. Who, is there anybody on this roster that you think has uh, upside or talent that you haven't really talked about? Like, I, I, I think of Terrence Brooks and what we saw from him in the uh, Alamo Bowl. You're a cornerback. He just seems to mirror people really well, if that makes sense. Like yeah. he was downfield more than the receiver at times. And that receiver, by the way, was ranked, was on a first team All-American by AP today, uh, Roman Adunza. So your thoughts on somebody like him, or is there another guy that's kind of a, a special one for you that you think uh, has some chance, has a real chance? Yeah, that's crazy because when I looked at, when I did my breakdown of the DBs, I wrote uh, higher ceilings. For Terrence Brooks and Malik Muhammad, Malik Muhammad, than the two uh, Jade Barron and Ryan Watts, I even put Jaron Thompson up there. I think he's a guy that can can play in the NFL. But safety is one of those devalued positions for some reason. So I don't know if he gets drafted, maybe an undrafted free agent, but I think he could end up playing in the league because he's a very cerebral player. Uh, but yeah, if you're talking about DBs who have the highest upside right now, it's probably those youngsters like Malik Muhammad. It's probably the youngsters like Terrence Brooks, guys who 
can play multiple. Uh, you can move around that secondary. Terrence Brooks, the guy you probably can put inside the nickel. You know, Malik Muhammad's a guy that can play bump and run coverage, play man to man, kind of a technician, uh, but also a, got some ball hawk in him. You know, he got the size too um, for an NFL corner. I think if you're looking in the secondary at the highest upside of guys, it's probably the youngsters like your Derek. Uh, what's the name, Derek? Uh, was it? it's Derek, Derek Williams. Derek Williams. Thank you very much. I knew it was a, Derek Williams. Yeah, the New Orleans kid. I mean, sorry, the Louisiana kid. Uh, those are probably some of your highest upside defensive backs right now. And I know they're not the veterans, but that's remember Sarks now. He's building this thing, upgrading everywhere, and I think he just started really to to do that at the defensive back position. More so, yeah. That, that's very interesting. Uh, uh, Terry Joseph, the defensive back coach, as well as Blake Gideon, uh, they're they're trying to build a little something special. Uh, didn't even mention Jelani McDonald as a freshman, and Sark mis- mentioned him in his press conference today as someone that he was kind of uh, interested in. All right, yeah. Rod, that's going to do it. I, I think that's a good start. It sounds like the two top uh, prospects, so to speak, in your mind, at least right now, on the team are Banks and Worthy. But that doesn't mean don't sleep on Jalen Ford, Jade Barron, uh, A.D. Mitchell, Christian Jones. Byron Murphy was a big one for you as well. Tavondre yep. Sweat uh, and uh, uh, Alfred Collins. Also, J.T. Sanders. I don't know if I mentioned him. I, yeah, I'm a big J.T. guy. Your, your quarterback, hopefully Quinn is higher than – hopefully he's higher than uh, Kelvin Banks or uh, X-Man. If he is, things are going well. All right. All right. Rod, we'll grab you tomorrow again tomorrow on some stuff. This has been a great introductory. Seriously, welcome to On Texas Football, man. I know uh, we're going to have some fun this year. All right. Thanks, Bobby. Appreciate you, brother.